The Blue Ridge Parkway, affectionately known as America's favorite scenic drive, is a 469-mile road that runs mostly along the spine of the Blue Ridge Mountains, connecting Shenandoah National Park in Virginia and the Great Smoky Mountains National Park to the south. This iconic scenic byway passes through some of the oldest mountains in the world, the highest mountain peak in the eastern United States, which is Mount Mitchell, the oldest river in North America, the New River, the deepest gorge east of the Grand Canyon in Limville Gorge, and the highest waterfall east of the Rockies, Whitewater Falls. In this episode, I sit down with Tubby Kubik, who is the executive director of the Blue Ridge Parkway Association, and we chat about the history of the parkway, the unique characteristics of the Blue Ridge Mountains, resources to make your visit and exploration of the parkway in southern Appalachian towns as enjoyable as possible, and we also talk about some secrets for escaping the crowds while still seeing some amazing fall color. If you love traveling the Blue Ridge Parkway or have always wanted to explore the parkway, you're going to love this episode. You're listening to Exploration Local, a podcast designed to explore and celebrate the people and places that make the Blue Ridge and Southern Appalachian Mountains special and unique. My name is Mike Andrus, the host of Exploration Local. Join us on our journey to explore these mountains and discover how they fuel a spirit of adventure. We encourage you to wander far, but explore local. Let's go. Today, I am joined by Tubby Kubik. He is the executive director of the Blue Ridge Parkway Association, and it is a sincere honor to have you on the show today. Welcome, Tubby. Uh, Thank you so much, Mike. It's great being here. It's good to have you. So first of all, I have to ask you, how amazing is it to represent one of the most scenic and iconic highways in the United States, Tubby? I had a mentor, and he said, if you love what you do every day, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think that's so true. Um, I grew up in a little town called Amherst, Virginia. And in my youth uh, and all through my life, I've spent a lot of time. The parkway runs through that county in a couple of places. So it's just wonderful being a part of it and a partner with uh, the National Park Service. Oh, that's great. Well, most of our listeners are aware of what the Blue Ridge Parkway is, uh, I'm sure, especially right now with uh, all of the leaf peeping as our mountains are just ablaze with color up and down. But what they may not be aware of is its storied past. Can you give us a brief history of the parkway and then talk about the connection to and relationship with the Blue Ridge Parkway Association? Sure. Well, the parkway itself was started in 1935 and of course, uh, it, it was done in a lot of sections. Uh, they, they had construction crews. They were using it to uh, help bring us out of the uh, Great Depression. And they had worker camps all throughout uh, the country doing these, these projects like the Parkway. And uh, it continued on throughout. Uh, it, it was established partly to bring people to work, but also to bring business to those more depressed areas like Western North Carolina. Um, Some of those areas weren't even on the map back then, Um, very depressed. And um, so the last part of it was built in uh, 1987, I think. And that's the uh, viaduct around Grandfather Mountain. And a lot of people are familiar with that. Yeah. And the, the man that owned the mountain, uh, he, he didn't want them cutting into it. So they had to engineer that. And uh, people have come from all over the world to see that because it's, it's an engineering marvel how, you know, it doesn't really, you know, they didn't have to blast and cut into the mountain. Uh, Hugh Morton was his name. And, um, now, now, of course, Grandfather Mountain has been become a state park by North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just amazing that, you know, it took that long to build. But it wasn't fully funded, you know, for a long time. You know, they had so much money and they ran out of money. And I think it was in the 70s that the Blue Ridge Parkway Association helped lobby Congress to 
to get the rest of the funding to finish up the parkway. That's, you know, back in 1949, uh, Gatlinburg, Roanoke, and Asheville, and some of the major attractions like Ober-Gatlinburg and Tweetsie Railroad, uh, Grandfather Mountain, Chimney Rock, Biltmore, they all came together and said, uh, we need something to advertise this. And back then, you didn't have the big tourism bureaus and stuff. So the Blue Ridge Parkway was founded in 1949 and started printing their uh, the Digest, um, which we still print today, these years. Um, so since 1949, the Blue Ridge Parkway Association has been advertising uh, the parkway and the communities from the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee all the way up through the Shenandoah Valley. So that's interesting because when it first started, when they were completing it, the idea was to start to connect all these towns in, in areas that were, um, I guess, part of the, the, the deep Appalachia, the, the, the places that people weren't getting to. And then so the Parkway Association comes in and your mission is to help with that, help to promote and connect some of the towns and businesses and things like this along the way. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we do it now with more technologically uh, advanced things. Um, the travel planner, which was the digest, uh, has been printed for 71 years. This will be the first year that we're not printing it in the wintertime. It'll probably be next fall because with the park being closed for a couple of months, and with COVID, we haven't distributed as many. But our website right now is just blowing up. I bet. Um, and our social media accounts. Uh, it's just, it. right now, I've never seen anything like it uh, for anything to increase as much as it has. So, yeah, since 1949, we've been promoting all the little bed and breakfast. The small businesses are bread and butter that we really want to help, you know, the small shops and the B&Bs and the cabins. And of course, yeah, you know, we, we want to promote the hotels and the larger businesses also, but uh, the small businesses is sort of what the parkway was built for, mm. you know, and um, it originally uh, Shenandoah National Park Skyline Drive was supposed to actually connect for one continuous road and it basically does but there was a landowner at that time that kept those two parts from connecting so that never happened and then of course uh down in Cherokee it starts running into uh out number I think uh, 441 441 yeah. yeah and this is an interesting fact at one point in time it was supposed to continue all the way down to Georgia and there was a big fight in the Senate between Tennessee and uh, North Carolina as to where the track was going to go, whether it was going to go touching North Carolina and then head through uh, Roan Mountain and some of the mountains in Tennessee, or whether it was going to come through North Carolina. Uh, so North Carolina got the sweet end of the deal on it. Yeah. Uh, it's always supposed to come through Virginia, but uh, there there was quite a bit of lobbying between those two states as to where the parkway would uh, go through. Interesting. And when was this that you said that, that this, this conflict was going on? I am not sure when that actual conflict happened. I would think that it was happening in the uh, mid part of the century. Interesting. Uh, when they, you know, or even before that, when they were getting ready to lay it out, you know, but it, it's, it's a real interesting fact that, you know, all that. And at one point in time, they wanted to name it after the Senator that got it to North Carolina. Interesting. Uh, I think his name was that was that. So they wanted to rename it that. And of course we stepped in again and helped lobby to keep it from being named that. Uh, we don't do much lobbying anymore, but in our past, uh, we did quite a bit of lobbying. 
to Congress and the Senate and everything to to make sure that the Parkway was going to get what it needed to continue and be the jewel that it is now. So it, at one point it was going to run into Tennessee, but now it's obviously through North Carolina. And you're saying that it started in Virginia and was always meant to run through Virginia. And because of that landowner issue, it's, I mean, literally, like you say, you don't know other than, you know, you don't know when you cross over from uh, the Skyline Drive into the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, other than there's a gate and there's an entry into the to the Skyline Drive. But is that why you ha- still have somewhat of a connection? I know that you all are, uh, obviously you're about the Blue Ridge Parkway, but but your information says that you also um, have some ancillary efforts too with Skyline Drive, Shenandoah National Park, Great Smokies National Park. Um, is that because of the proximity or just because of some other reason that you all continue to kind of well, guess, support? Yeah, well, when, when we were established as a, originally a chamber of commerce, that was, you know, there weren't many places that were advertising back then uh, in the 40s and stuff. So they, yeah, they wanted us to handle all those the blue ridge parkway is the hook and you know once we get them in there then we would tell them about you know the shenandoah park and the great smoky mountains park and everything too okay so you know some of the founding members were from that way area too and of course uh the Parkway ends in uh, the Shenandoah Valley. So, mm. it, and it, I mean, it ends in Cherokee and it begins in the Shenandoah Valley. So, it's just a natural fit. Uh, sometimes I wish we could maybe change our name to encompass those two. Um, but, like I said before, the Blue Ridge Parkway is the hook uh, that so many people are familiar with. And um, over the years, they've become very familiar, as you well know, of uh, the Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, Gatlinburg area, and also up in uh, Skyline Drive and everything. So it's a little bit different beast now, but we still are the bigger player uh, as far as websites other than probably the Great Smoky Mountain Park Association. they're 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 a big dog. Now, what what would you say that you all are about? Well, our biggest thing is that we we advertise the communities and the small businesses, the businesses along from the Shenandoah Valley all the way down into the Great Smoky Mountains and of Tennessee. Um, so we've got three vehicles. We've got a printed track. Well, we've got more than three vehicles. We've got. A printed travel planner. We've got a printed map that we do four hundred thousand of. Uh, the travel planner. Let me back up. We do three hundred thousand of those, and those go all over the United States and Canada. Mm. All AAA offices have those. Then we've got the mobile app that one of the former superintendents of the Parkway asked us to come up with because, especially. Ten years ago, there wasn't any sales service in a lot of places. So the app fulfills that need so that people can find, especially safety-wise, because they can't put any more signs up on the parkway. They can't tell you there's a hospital here or gas here or anything like that. So that's where the app really steps in as it's got gas points and hospitals and shows you the exits it's got interactive maps and things that'll show you where, how to get where you're going and what, what's there, even if you don't have cell phone service. Yeah, that, that's a phenomenal resource. That's You and I were talking earlier. That is, that is sort of how I found the Blue Ridge Parkway Association. Um, I found it this spring, and I, I know now from your, you telling me that, that what, actually you were one of the ones that was instrumental in starting this whole app, and that was... Uh, several years ago, not just something that's come up recently when I found it. Yes, sir. And then our other media is the website is the number one organic search when you go to it. 
and it's it's just blowing up right now. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and also, we've got social media, Facebook and Instagram primarily, um, and those are blowing up too. Uh, I think with everything that's going on with COVID and everything, I think this is going to be the new normal for quite a while. Mm. You you work with other organizations too, or other groups that were that that are are about marketing. Like for example, romanticashville.com. It seems like every podcast I'm on, I talk about that at some level because of just how uh, all-encompassing their their information is. So you have links to all of those groups too. So they're they're like fingers and extensions even of of the resources that you all put out. So there's synergy that's going on with some of these other groups as well. Yeah, um, we're we trade out uh, memberships with a lot of the a lot of the other regional organizations, and the Romantic Asheville is a member of the association. So yeah, there, there's so many fingers off of our website, uh, in the app that, you know, there's no reason why anybody shouldn't be able to find out what they need to know about. Uh, Romantic Asheville, uh, he did a fantastic job and it just took all bigger website with more visits than us and probably explore Asheville's website. Mm. Um, so it, it is really taken off and, you know, they give a lot of really good information and how he did it was, you know, he told people about where the hiking trails were and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, and that, as you well know, hiking has become extremely popular. If I put up a picture of a waterfall or something like that, people want to know, where is that? I want to go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, you know, well, that's kind of a good segue into talking about the increase in not only visits to your your website and your resources, but you're also seeing, at least in my eight, nine short years here, living here, an increase in the number of visitors that are coming in as well. And so, um, that creates uh, some challenges. Certainly, you know, the whole reason of, of doing what you do is to invite people into the area. But part of this new normal, if, if you know, as you say, there's uh, it, it's creating a little bit of uh, some stress on some of the natural resources and some. I don't know if you're experiencing that or you're hearing that. I know that, you know, obviously when the shutdown happened with COVID, you know, a lot of our facilities were were shut down. And then when it right before it shut down, some, you know, you didn't have the, the, the staff wasn't there along the parkway and as trash began to build up and people started to really started to come in, there was, um, you know, the decision was made to say, Hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to shut this down for a period of time. Now that the staff is there and they're servicing, uh, as, as well as they do, uh, the mowing and the trash pickup and these sorts of things. Um, it's still creating a little bit of, of stress. I've noticed that, that even some of the roads, um, you know, if, if the parking lots are full, people are still pulling off the side of the road, some ruts are being created and things like this. And, and, and we're not here to shame anybody for any of that. But I guess as we talk about new normals, maybe we should talk about some responsible ways that we can enjoy these natural resources. Is, is that seem fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Um, we want everybody to enjoy themselves up there. Uh, but what, you know, back when it was closed, you know, everybody was complaining about that. It's a road. Why is it closed? Well, uh, they didn't have the staff. You know, the state said the lockdown orders, and so their staff was locked down. And then it took months that they're following the state guidelines, and it was months before they could open up some of the uh, campgrounds and some of the visitor centers because a lot of this stuff is is not paid positions. These are volunteers or their seasonal help that they have to hire. And all that takes a while. Uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway's budget has been cut every year for, I, I don't know, at least five or six years, if not longer than that. And this was the first year that it hadn't been cut. But the U.S. government gave everybody a raise. So in essence, you know, that raise cut into their budget. Mm. 
Um, so they're dealing with less resources and more people coming to it. Uh, thank goodness that Congress got together and they did the Restore Your Parks, the Great American Parks Outdoor Act. That was huge. Which is huge. And the Parkway's got a $511 million backlog oh. in deferred maintenance. Jeez. A lot of that is road paving. Um, it costs somewhere around a million dollars a mile wow. to pave the road. So, but there are bridges that are in need of repair and uh, some of the facilities and stuff. So there, there are different ways that people can really help. Uh, if they come to a place that is overparked, ride down the road and find another place or download our app. And, you know, there's the interactive map. You can find trailheads there, all the trailheads are located on that interactive map. So if you get to one and it's crowded, you can't find the place to park, go to the next one. Any vehicle has to be completely off the road. Uh, I got reports uh, from down in Balsam Knob area that only one lane was open and cars were parked on both sides of the roads with half of their vehicles out into the road. Um, you will get, you can get ticketed for another thing that we are still seeing. And we ask people to leave no trace. Um, so when they're on a trail or something like that, and you've got a dog, take a doggy bag with you, please. And if you take any trash into the park, there are trash containers at most of the overlooks and stuff, but. They can during this time and especially on the weekends, those can be just overflowing. So if you could just pack your stuff back out, you know, you brought it in, take it back out with you and uh, that'll help. And you can recycle the plastics and stuff like that. Um, we we want to keep it the park and the parkway uh, beautiful for everybody and the future generations. And, you know, sometimes it only takes a few people to mess that up, that experience up for everybody else. So we're, we just like to ask everybody to do their best as when they get to the park, enjoy it, but uh, leave no trace. We don't want people, you know, throwing cigarette butts or uh, doing graffiti on the signs, I love you, or any of that stuff, or carving in the trees. We get quite a bit of that. Um, so, you know, just be responsible, um, which which 99.9% of the people are, Mike. Um, uh, there's, But there's always a few that, you know, can, can ruin things for everybody else. So, you know, just think about that. If you see somebody doing something like that, just please ask them to pick up the trash. Or if you see trash along the way, if you got a backpack and you can throw it in there, please pick it up for us. That would be great. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. And I think that that is, um, speaks to just volunteerism, speaks to caring for our, our resources. And, you know, you're right. That's, that's one of the things that really kind of was shocking to me right at the shutdown is just when the staff wasn't there, that just the, you know, the, the overflowing trash cans. And it's not like that now at all, but the point is, you know, if we can all kind of do our part to, uh, to help and just understand, um, you know, I think you kind of opened my eyes even that, uh, the staffing is a little short number one, but a lot of them are volunteer and they're also seasonal and, the seasonal piece is the piece that, you know, you just can't flip a switch and, and go out and hire, you know, 25, 30 people to, to fill these areas outside of some of those um, seasonal jobs or seasonal time. So yeah, anything that we can, that we can do. Um, and, you know, and the other thing that, that I would also say too, is I know that some of the areas like the Linco Viaduct, and I know that people want to go there and they want to go to, you know, the grandfather mountains and some of the other places. But one of the things that I've really kind of discovered over the years is that there's, there's 469 miles of this thing that you can travel and the Southern section, not that I want to say everybody travel from the North now to the South, because this is where I live and I want to enjoy it, but just kidding. Um, you know, from like Asheville down to, 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 uh, to Cherokee, 
there's still so much to see and there's so much color to see. Right now we're obviously in a in, you know approaching our our peak and especially in those areas above 6000 feet, but there's still so much to see that you know we can kind of spread it out. I had a conversation with somebody today and uh, you know they're even from here but they don't really um travel to some of these other areas and I was like, "You know what? It, try something new. It might take you a little, you know, a little bit longer, but go see another area and maybe these things will spread out. I know in some of those northern sections, you know, they're so close to the, you know, to the Virginia line, people coming from the east and it's natural that they sort of, you know, descend on, you know, the Boone area and Mount Mitchell and some of these areas. But again, the 469 miles, there's a lot of place that you can, that you can discover along the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Um, North Carolina gets, on average, around 10 million visitors a year, and the Virginia section gets around 5 million. Mm. There you um, go. So there, there's a big difference, and North Carolina is very well loved. Now, we've got a couple of resources on the website. Uh, Amy wrote a Stories from the Road that's got all these motorcycle trails, but of course, they can be auto touring trails too um, that people have come up with. Uh, a lot of people have probably heard of the uh, the dra- tale of the dragon, yeah, which is down in far western North Carolina. Yeah, um, there are many routes like that. That if you go into these cities and stuff, you know they got back roads and stuff. Now, yeah, they're not the Parkway. They don't have the pull-offs and stuff like that. But um, you know, it. If, if you find something that you're in an area that is just overcrowded, you know, just go down the road a little bit and find something else or, you know, look on our website and read some of the itineraries that we've got on there. Yeah. Um, you know, Haywood County's got a couple of really good itineraries for people to do while they're, while they're in that area. They're, they're right there in Waynesville and, um, Water Rock Knob is that in that area and yeah. everything. Yeah. So yeah. There's, you know, there, there's a lot for everybody to do. And, you know, even though probably about two to three million people, if not more, come down just in the fall, all the other times of the year are beautiful. They are. And, and you know, the parkway's open every day of the year, unless there's snow or ice. Mm-hmm. And I might want to segue into that just a little bit sure. because we get people calling me and say, why isn't it open? It's 65 degrees here. Well, you know, the tunnels and depending on what side of the mountain is, they don't get sunlight. It doesn't get up to 60 degrees. It might be 60 degrees down in Asheville, but if you go up there, it's, you know, 45 or even lower, lower than that. Yeah, yeah. The ice and stuff takes a while. And they don't have snow plows and salt and stuff like that on the parkway. So there are times where section of the road will be closed. And NPS, you can find it under our maps page or you can go to NPS's website for the Blue Ridge Parkway. And both of those have a real-time road closure map. And we always try and tell people, before you go, just check that because uh, you might have to change your route plans or something like that because, you know, uh, what was it, a year and a half ago or so, all those storms came through North Carolina and a lot of the, there were trees blown over and stuff and it took them a right good while to get the whole parkway back opened up. That's right. Yeah, um, I remember. So, uh, well, a lot, a lot of things to think about. It's an enjoyable ride, but there's so many options out there. Well, there are. And one of the things, Tubby, that I'm glad that you brought up is some of the roads that are off the parkway, too. And I know that really kind of lends itself to, you know, what you're you're doing, which is supporting some of the businesses along the way and that 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 have access points to the to the Blue Ridge Parkway. But um, again, that's a conversation that I had with somebody just this morning that said, hey, if the parkway itself is is still going to be jammed up, which, you know, we're in the middle of the fall peak, so, you know, 3,000 feet below still hasn't peaked yet, and, you know, it, it's going to be, so we're going to still be seeing a few weeks here. Get off some of the roads, you know, carry a map with you, 
And to your point, you know, we don't use gazetteer maps or, you know, printed maps anymore, but maybe think about having one of those in the car with you, just as long as you always have gas. And my recommendation to somebody is, you know, if you're in some of these areas or you just want to get off and, and tour, you know, always make sure you at least have a half tank of gas. You know, if you have a half tank of gas somewhere, you can always keep filling it up. When it gets down to half, fill it back up. You know, carry a map with you. But there's some areas that you can get off that it may not be seeing the mountains from the peaks, but there's so many views looking up to the mountains. And sometimes you might even get even better color depending on, you know, kind of where you are. And then especially, I'm glad you said the Virginia piece because I'm in North Carolina, so it's easy to focus on North Carolina. But, you know, my first exposure to the parkway was living in Virginia. So we lived in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and we would, you know, when we travel west, you know, a lot of times we spent time up in the Skyline Drive in the Shenandoah National Park, but also going left and, you know, from 64 and heading into the, to the parkway as well. And that's, in, that's an inter- interesting statistic that you mentioned because I was going to ask you, you know, how you keep the numbers. And so 10 million people come into the North Carolina section and half of that in the Virginia section, there's still a ton of areas to explore on the Blue Ridge Parkway that's not just in, in you know, in North Carolina. So you got the whole Virginia side too. Yeah, exactly. And it's just as beautiful. Now, Virginia doesn't have quite as high peaks. But when, when you get up to some of the top parts, like up around the peaks of Otter and stuff, you've got these huge valleys that it overlooks. Yes. Um, so it's got its own type of beauty. I mean, I, I work with photographers to, that donate their photography to us for our social media. And, you know, it's just unbelievable, you know, some of the views and stuff that you get on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there, there will be a time probably where Virginia will increase its numbers, but North Carolina's always going to probably have uh, the highest numbers. Uh, main reason why is they've got all these Southern states that don't have our trees and they don't have our mountains. So people from Florida, that's, I think they're in the top three or four uh, people that are visiting our website um, because they, they want to get away from the heat. So they come to the mountains mm-hmm. and it's the closest skiing area for those people coming from the South. Uh, that, you know, they've got some fantastic skiing in North Carolina and, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, you know, you can't, you got to go to Colorado to, get some good skiing and stuff like that well they they have beautiful ski resorts here in in north carolina and there's a few in virginia also and you know it's they're they're really high up here too yeah i i enjoy skiing i've skied out um i have skied in colorado i've skied in utah i have skied here in the east in west virginia and you know what? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's perspective. You know, you reach a certain age and you're like, if I can sc- still go downhill and make turns, I'm fine. So, you know, our snow may be a little bit different, but it's still uh, extremely beautiful. And I and and to be quite honest, I have skied sometimes here in the east where I've enjoyed it more than I actually did out west, uh, just because of of the time you know that I was there. I caught it just right or whatever. But yeah, hey, our our ski resorts here are. Uh, they're, they're just fine. Um, Virginia, I, I love it. I love up, you know, uh, my kids learn to ski in Virginia. So, hey, I, uh, I love it just as much as I love it out west. It's just very different, as you say. Um, but that Virginia side is, is a side that, for listeners, I would highly encourage you to, you know, just to, just to get up into that area because it's, it's equally as beautiful. And, you know, I'm partial to North Carolina because that's where I live, but I've also lived in Virginia, too, in my first exposure, as I was saying earlier to the Virginia, or excuse me, to the Blue Ridge Parkway and to the Skyline Drive was living in Virginia. So yeah, there's a lot and it's different. It's, it's different topography for sure, but it's still uh, very beautiful. As you say, that, that that's what I think about is looking into the, to the rolling, you know, rolling hills and, and the deep valleys that you see in that section, which is, which is also still very beautiful. So um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's an interesting fact there too, is uh, I have, heard of Mabry Mill. Uh, Mabry Mill is between Floyd, Virginia, 
and fancy Virginia, and you would get on the parkway right there off of I-77 in Fancy Gap. There's, it's very well signed to get there. And then you would head north on the parkway and take you about 20 minutes to get off the interstate and get there and then get back on. Um, so Neighbor Mill is one of the most photographed places or the most photographed place on the parkway. Interesting. And it was the mill wasn't built there. It was moved there uh, by the Park Service to have this iconic mill um, there. And they've got a still in there and stuff like that. And uh, there's there's two other major organizations, the uh, Blue Ridge Park Foundation and uh, the Friends of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. And if you're in Virginia or North Carolina, you've probably seen the license plates going around. That's right. And the foundation gets the license plates money uh, from North Carolina, and friends get the license plate money from Virginia. Okay. So uh, the friends are primarily a volunteer organization, and they've got chapters all up and down the, the Blue Ridge Parkway that anybody can volunteer for and you know go help clean up a trail you know remove graffiti or whatever um the foundation primarily raised money and mayor mill uh the water bloom and everything there was in horrible shape and they donated raised somewhere around a million dollars to get that fixed and also, you've heard of the uh, Kona State. That that was donated to the Park Service, which is a beautiful estate. They've got horseback riding and all kinds of stuff there. But, of course, like any house, uh, they deteriorate after, over time. And the National Park Service didn't have money to fix it. So the Blue Ridge Parkway Foundation helped with uh restoring it and that that's still in process but um it, those partner organizations that are out there uh there's uh mountain to sea trails yeah uh, there's uh carolina mountain club that you can uh volunteer for um there are all these other associations and organizations that you know people can go out and help uh, do things along the park, maybe, and you get a chance to actually experience and find out about the challenges um, that they're facing, you know, along the hiking trails or, you know, at the overlooks and stuff like that. Um, now, if anybody wanted to volunteer to run a chainsaw, you have to have special certification for that. You can't just pull out your chainsaw and go over and cut this tree Chopping that's stuff falling up. down. <laughs> right. now, although I think people have done that before. That's a big no-no. Um, and, you know, they try and cut the grass as often as they can. They do hire people sometimes to do that. But um, volunteering or donating to either one of those organizations, we're, we're – we're a nonprofit also, but we're C6, they're C3s. So they can take that type of donation, uh, whether it be volunteer hours or through mo monetary gifts. Um, so that would be very helpful. Anybody wants to give them some money, it helps keep the parkway uh, up and as beautiful as it is. Yeah. And so, and then also the Blue Ridge Parkway Association itself, you have members that are a part of that, the businesses and things like this, there's a lot of different levels of it, but, but even somebody who wants to just be connected to it, um, an individual like myself, you can join and be a part of the Blue Ridge Parkway Association as well, right? For like, I think it's like $30 a year. So it's $35 a year. And yes, uh, that, we, we've got a few people that do that, and it's great that they do that, but I'd rather them spend their money towards one of those other organizations um, and 
you know, but yeah, we have a few members and they want to be connected. Um, before I uh, got this job, I actually joined uh, as, as an individual member um, for several years. And then I had a rock climbing, mobile rock climbing wall. <clears throat> and it was funny. I, I wasn't coming up, showing up on the website when you Google mobile rock climbing wall. Um, and I joined the association and within a week I started showing up. So it really helped my SEO uh, for my business. And that alone was worth the $200 it cost to become a member uh, or a small member. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that, that you said that I really would love for listeners to kind of hear because um, I'm just now starting to get in, involved in this is the, the volunteerism. And so I think when you do connect, if it's a trail building organization or Friends of the Blue Ridge Parkway, um, what I just connected with was the Friends of Mountains to Sea Trail. Uh, we're going to be doing our first, uh, well, the trail cleaning and the trail crews training that goes on at particular times of the year. And we're kind of coming into the sort of the tail end of that right now for this season. But I think that you, you feel like you are connected to something that's bigger than you. If you want to, you know, give back and you just don't know how sometimes these groups are ways to, um, to just be a part of number one, but number two, you can actually have some sweat equity into these things. Then you begin to have a different appreciation, I think, for, um, what our natural resources are, the challenges of use of those natural resources and the upkeep of these natural resources, what they are too. So the volunteerism piece I think is, is big. And I'm glad you, you brought that up because I'm myself, I'm just now beginning to get into that and um, it's, it's rewarding. It really is. Um, I think, you know, everybody's got their own levels, you know, not everybody can go out there and, and, uh, hike a trail and clean it. Some of these trails are very difficult. You know, you've got to be uh, quite agile to to do some of those jobs. But, you know, somebody taking some graffiti remover and going to a sign or something like that and removing it, that that's what, like, the friends do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Mountain Sea Trail, the friends of those, they, they're, they're a partner organization. Um, so all of those really help, um, and you will get a lot of benefit out no matter how you help, because it it just makes you feel better. It does. There's no doubt about it. And you learn too, you learn more about the areas that are around here. And not only that, you connect with some, some really great people too, that have a kindred spirit and you share the same heart for our resources as, as you do for yourself. So yeah, that's good. All right. So a couple of places. What are some of your favorite places up and down the Blue Ridge Parkway? That's a good question. Like when I was growing up, uh, I remember one time we got to go to Tweetsie Railroad. Now, they've been closed all year long because of the COVID. But that, to me, was just like the biggest experience riding that train. Oh. Um, you know, there's the Great Smoky Mountains Railroad. Yeah, uh, They haven't been closed. You know, those those are really cool experiences for people to do that, you know, doesn't involve any driving or anything. You know, you just right. get there and, you know, you hop on. Um, now, Tweetsie's Railroad just goes around the park. Um, hopefully, they'll be open around Christmas. Uh, my daughter lives in Asheville and four of my grandchildren, and uh, we love the Arbor, Arboretum. Yeah. And we'll go there, and um, of course the uh, the nature center there in, in Asheville. Yeah, uh, that's just an amazing place to go. Um, and we've got the folk arts center that you know is good for gifts and stuff like. As far as views go, there's there's one place in Virginia. Uh, it's north of Roanoke, but south of the Peaks of Otter where when you're going down the road there, you can see uh, a valley on both sides. Mm. You're on the top of the mountain and you can see mountains and valleys on both sides of you. And that is probably my most favorite place. Uh, There's actually an overlook there that you can walk from one side of the road to the other 
um, if you're not in your vehicle and you can sort of get a picture of both sides from right there. Um, and then my second favorite would probably be Water Rock Knob. Oh, um, yeah. that, you know, you're at the, the highest part of the parkway, east of the Mississippi. Just being up there at the top of the mountains, it makes you realize just how small we really are. That's, in this whole big scheme of things. Uh, you're so so right. Yeah, I was just up there Friday actually. That area is beautiful and Yeah, and in the chimney rock. Yes. Yeah. 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 That is a cool place. You know, you can hike down to the waterfall. Uh that that's where the last of the Mohicans that's was right. partly filmed there. Yeah. And Lake Lore is actually where uh oh shoot uh Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> that that's and right. People, it, Dirty Dancing, part of it was filmed in, in Virginia. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, the lake part and all that was down there at Lake Lore. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, that lodge in the movie is the part that's up in Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's nice. I've been there. I forget what the name of that is. I've been there one time, actually. It's it's Mountain Lake Lodge. There you go. There they you used go. to be a members. They they canceled their membership a few years back okay. uh, they they sort of changed their mission they're not as much of a lodge anymore find out you have mentioned some great places to to visit that you that you like some overlooks and and certainly we've talked about the mission of the blue ridge parkway association your connection with not only um, overlooks and mountain vistas but but also all of the the businesses and the, the lodging and the things like this along the way that, that are supporting the economy um, around the Blue Ridge Parkway. But how can we find, how can listeners find out more about you? How can they find out about all of the great things that we've been talking about? Uh, the best way to do it is just put in blueridgeparkway.org. Okay. Dot .org and it'll come up. There's all kinds of information on there. And one of the best things you can do to help out small businesses is book direct, mm. you know, either by phone or go to their website, which we've got a ton of lodging on there. And, you know, that way they're not paying it out to these online travel agencies and or uh, Airbnb and stuff, which take huge cuts out of their profits and it helps these small businesses like b and b's and stuff there's right. an air asheville b and b association yeah. is one of our members and it's got all of the b and b's listed now we've got several b and b's that are members and some that aren't but our 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 website has got so much information on it uh you can it's got a search bar in there if you want to search waterfalls we've got articles about where all the waterfalls are um transylvania county you know in brevard uh they they're called the land of waterfalls that's right that's right <laughs> um so you know all that information is on blueridgeparkway.org or if you want to download the app, the app's got a lot of the same information on it. And that is uh, Blue Ridge Parkway Travel Planner. And uh, that that's the official Blue Ridge Parkway uh, mobile app. And it's got just about any information you need, whether you got cell phone service or not. Yeah, that is both of those resources are phenomenal resources. I've spent uh, a lot of time on your website, I have your map, uh, your mobile app, excuse me, and the planner. And it really has helped me find more places locally to descend. It has helped me expand my search and it has helped me to avoid crowds in some situations. So I have been very thankful for all of that. But in addition to that, it's just, um, I, I think what you, what you do for supporting the Blue Ridge Parkway, not only from a marketing perspective, but also helping people to understand, travel it with Leave No Trace and uh, just the support that you give so we can all enjoy just such an amazing resource. We, On behalf of everybody I know who's listening, I say thank you uh, for what you do and what you are all about to support uh, the Blue Ridge Parkway and, and the community and the, you know, the economies around it. So um, what you do is huge. And, and I know that you know that, but it's also good to hear that sometime. So, yeah. Well, 
I'll tell you what, it's been an extreme pleasure and honor being able to talk about the Parkway. I could talk about it for hours upon hours. Um, it's just, it's just so amazing that, you know, it ought to be one of the natural wonders of the world because it, it certainly is. It's just, if you go up there, you, you have to say how in the world they did this because back then they only had mules and steam shovels and stuff like that. Um, it's phenomenal. And it's just phenomenal what they did. And, you know, I pray that it'll be there for generations to come and Amen. that we'll continue to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do too. And, and being able to do that responsibly, I think is going to be a, uh, a key challenge as we kind of move forward because with the new normals and the COVID and people traveling more stateside, which I, I absolutely love that they do, you know, I don't lament any of it whatsoever, but being able to, you know, if we can all pitch in and do it responsibly and just kind of help take care of the resources is I think going to be our next challenges, you know, lying ahead, enjoy the scenery, enjoy everything it has to offer, but you know, just know that, you know, mom's not there to pick up after you. So <laughs> let's, let's all do our part, you know, to take care of these great, great natural resources. Good. Well, Tubby, listen again, thank you for your time today. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you on and I look forward to uh, getting to know you perhaps more in the future. And, and maybe we can get you back to talk more about the Blue Ridge Parkway because we could probably do it once a quarter and never run out of things to say, I'm sure. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Mike. And I appreciate this opportunity again, and we'll, we'll talk again soon. I consider myself to be truly blessed to live just minutes away from the Blue Ridge Parkway and so close to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. I also consider myself to be very blessed to have traveled nearly the entire length of the Skyline Drive in Virginia, and I've also camped many nights in the Shenandoah National Park. Each fall, nearly 2 million people flock to the parkway, so as you can imagine, especially in the fall, it can get very crowded. But with 469 miles to explore, you can experience a trip to remember with a little advanced planning. I encourage you to check out blueridgeparkway.org and download the Blue Ridge Parkway Travel Planner mobile app to help plan your next epic getaway. Well, I hope you loved this episode. If you did, please subscribe. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us to reach more people. Also, please check us out on our website, explorationlocal.com, for show notes, links, and photos. And as always, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, one last thing. If you have someone you think would be a great guest on the podcast, please let me know. You can email me at mike at explorationlocal.com. Well, friends, until we meet again, I encourage you to wander far, but explore local. <laughs>